Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Moms and the F-Bomb. I'm Crystal. Hello. And there's Natalie. I'm Natalie. <laughs> We're trying this a little bit different. Um, with my schedule change from work, we're not able to record. We may be having a little technical difficulty. <laughs> yeah. So we can't record together um, all the time. So we're doing this kind of remotely. So hopefully it goes okay. We'll see. Um, if it doesn't, we'll figure something else out. But on today's episode, we will talk about Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Um, I know everybody's heard the story of her. <laughs> Just about everybody. Yeah. Has to. I mean, and if they didn't before, you know, they have to now. Oh, absolutely. So she was recently released, um, on a murder charge, <coughs> excuse me, for murdering her mother, or as she says, she does not identify as a murderer even though she planned the thing out, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it ought to be an interesting show. Um, so, this is a little different without you being, like, right here face-to-face -face with me. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people are... I know it's weird. It's really weird. It is. <laughs> I think a lot of people are really conflicted about it. People were really excited about her release. And now that she's out, I feel like people are even more conflicted than they were to begin with. If there was like, if they felt that way at all. Yeah. Because now that she's out, it's kind of like she can't stop talking. Oh, you I know, it's like, I don't know. I, she has a right to tell her story, but it's just, it's the way that it's kind of come across and the way certain things that have been said and the way things have been done. I think it's, it's causing a lot of um, difference of opinions now. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, mine, my opinion, you know, when she was first released, I was like, okay, good for her because my mindset was, she was abused by her mother. She may not have been right. physically abused, but there was a lot of mental abuse going on um, with that because, I mean, her mother made her think that she was basically just, you know, never going to walk. She was this. She had that, that she had all these illnesses. We'll get into that later on, but... Uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, this this poor girl had went through hell, but then now that she's released and everything, and I've read more into it, my opinion has has changed. Um, was she wrong for what she did? Absolutely. Would I have done the same thing? Eh, it's hard to say um, because I think that she I. I my mindset right now is she may have thought that that was her only way out. I don't know. However, she did have time and she did take months planning this whole thing out to unalive her mother, basically. 
Um, and right. If she had time to do that, she had time to reach out to someone. It's so tricky. Do what? Natalie. Are you there? <laughs> I am. Okay. Yeah, I thought I lost you for a second. Sorry about that. No, no, no. You're good. I just, I don't know. It's just, a, it's so tricky to talk about and think about because I remember, I remember when Hurricane Katrina hit. Mm-hmm. I remember whenever it was constant footage of Hurricane Katrina, we were watching it religiously because we had family staying with us that had to evacuate. Yeah. And I remember this clip on the news where it showed this little girl and her mom had gotten a trip to Disneyland or Disney World. And it was her. It was Gypsy Rose. And I didn't really pay much attention to the story, but I just thought it was really cool that this girl that, you know, didn't, that was sick and had so many um, hard times and trials and stuff had won the opportunity. I never followed up on it or anything. I never looked into it or anything like that. I just never forgot about it. And then, boom, all of a sudden, 2015 rolls around, and then she's back in the news, like, she's convicted, she's been, she murdered her mom, like, she said, the whole story starts coming out, and it just completely, because I had, it just caught me off guard. Yeah. And so, I think I got really invested in it after that, because I was like, I remember seeing her on the news. <laughs> and, um, you know, that just, it just. After that, whenever the crime itself took place and it started getting talked about, after that, I couldn't get enough of it. I had to watch every documentary. I had to read every article. I had to follow it just constantly. And then when they came out with the movie on Hulu about it, I watched it. And I was I was just, I was obsessed with it. And so now here we are. I'm, but I was conflicted even then, before even... Before she even got out of prison, I was conflicted about how I felt. And now it's even worse. I just don't know how I feel. Yeah. I just, I don't. I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, it's the. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm just. I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing that bugged me was like, he's still in jail. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay. I think the biggest thing about it that bugged me was like, he's, he's still in jail. And he, I I thought for the longest time, I was like, okay, well maybe he's still in jail because he was so much older than her. But then I looked and I was like, no, he wasn't that much older than her because technically she was actually 19, even though she thought she was 15 at the time. I thought she was 20. So I don't know. I don't know either. Well, I've read some. I've read some that have said 24. I've read some that have said 21. I've read some that have said 19. I mean, it just keeps changing. And at the time, I think she thought that she was literally like 14 or 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I know she's 32 now. Right. So she was, I'm going to look it up real quick. She was 23 at the time. Oh, wait. Um, da, 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 da. I don't even know anymore. 
I mean, well, I, and I think that's, I think that's the whole thing is that's, that was like the whole meat and potatoes of the entire issue is that she wasn't even her right age. She had been lied to about her right age the entire time. And so I don't think anybody actually knows. I mean, I think at this point, it's just kind of a guesstimate, <laughs> you know, she was 23 and she was 24 when she got convicted. So, okay. Yeah. But she thought she was younger. She thought she was a teenager. And maybe that's why she, I mean, that could make me have a different outlook now because maybe she thought that that was her way out. I don't know. Cause a lot of times, and it's unfortunate, you know, that I'm not, it's kind of going into a different subject, but I'm not, I'm just going to kind of hit it and quit it. <laughs> um, yeah. When like, when instances like this with children, like in her, her case, I'm not saying this is what happened, but if she really thought that she was 15 or 16 years old, her mindset could have been like, who's going to listen to me saying my mom's abusing me, you know, and that could have been her only way out. I don't know. Um, right. But just, it's, it's just a whole cluster. I want to say though that she figured out her age before then. Uh, that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, but if, if she thought she was 15 or 16 and this dude that she was seeing was older than her, then that's gross. You know, like if he went into it knowing, thinking that she was younger than what she was, that's kind of, that's pretty gross. Yeah. But it did turn out they were the same age, but at the same time, that's still kind of, that's, that's gross. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So how we're going to, we're going to, what I want to do is I'm going to hit a little bit on Dee Dee, who is her mom, um, a little bit of a background. Mm -hmm. So Dee Dee, who was actually born as Claudine, she was born in South Louisiana, of course, and call, uh, called Chack Bay near the Gulf Coast. She was born in 67 and grew up with her family nearby Golden Meadow, Louisiana. Um, she was one of five children of Claude Anthony... I cannot pronounce his last name. It's P-I-T-R-E, Petre, Petre, Pet I don't know. And Emma Lois gets Claire. Um, now, Dee Dee, Petrie, maybe. Petrie, uh, yeah, it could be. Um, now, Dee Dee had a bit of a troubled childhood herself. Um, a lot of relatives recall that she had a habit of stealing from her family, um, which... A lot of them kind of speculated that that was just retaliation for when she didn't get her way. Um, and then at some point in her early adult life, she actually worked as a nurse's aide. And some family expressed concern around 97 that she may have killed her own mother by denying her food. So... At the age of 24, that's when she became pregnant with Gypsy by her first husband, of course, who was Rod Blanchard. Um, he was 17 at the time. So she was, she was older than him by seven years. Um, of course, they named their daughter Gypsy Rose because Dee Dee liked that name Gypsy and Rod was a fan of gun and, Guns and Roses. So Gypsy was born in 91. But then the couple separated 
when he realized that he got married for the wrong reasons. But he resisted the efforts from Dee Dee to get him to return. So she took Dee Dee, uh, she took Gypsy and moved back to live with her family. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now a little bit, apparently, Dee Dee's mom, supposedly this is what I've heard, kind of did the same thing with her, with Dee Dee, that Dee Dee was doing to Gypsy Rose. Um, mm -hmm. With the whole mental, you know, kind of the mental abuse and making her think that she had fictitious diseases and things like that. So, Gypsy's childhood, her early childhood, um, which Rod, Gypsy's dad, of course, apparently is still in her life. He is married. He has children with his wife now. Um, Gypsy's siblings and everything. Um, by the time that Gypsy was about three months old, her mom was convinced that Gypsy Rose had sleep apnea. And this is where it began. Um, she started taking Gypsy to the hospital. There were repeated overnight stays with the sleep monitor and all other tests. And they ever, never found any type of condition for sleep apnea. So, <laughs> Dee Dee became convinced that there were a large range of other health issues, which she attributed to in to an unspecified chromosomal type disorder. Dee Dee even claimed that Gypsy Road had muscular dystrophy and made her use a walker whenever she was old enough to, you know, to begin walking. Gypsy stated that when she was about seven or eight, she was riding on her grandfather's motorcycle when they were involved in a minor accident and she suffered an abrasion on her knee. Her mother said that doctors had given her a wheelchair she would need to use. Um, a lot of times it looked that Dee Dee would take her to like Special Olympic events and everything. And in 2001, when Dee Dee claimed that Gypsy was only eight, but of course she was 10 because Gypsy was born in, in 1991, um, she was named the Honorary Queen of the Crew of Mid-City, which was a Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans. Gypsy seemed to have stopped going to school after second grade, maybe even after kindergarten at some point, and Dee Dee decided to go ahead and homeschool her, supposedly because illnesses were so severe that she had to isolate her. Um, so she managed to learn to read on her own, Gypsy did, by reading Harry Potter books. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So. That's impressive, though. Yeah. It you is. yourself to read Harry Potter books. Those are, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> When Gypsy's dad, Rod, remarried, Dee Dee moved in with her dad and her stepmother. They later said that when preparing food for her stepmother, Dee Dee poisoned it with Roundup Weed Killer, leading to the stepmother's chronic illness during that period of time. Dee Dee was arrested 
hold on, I'm sorry. Dee Dee was arrested for several minor offenses, including writing bad checks. Um, when her family with the Petries maybe began to confront her about how she's been treating Gypsy and express, you know, their suspicion, suspicion, holy crap, I cannot talk today about her role in her stepmother's health. Dee Dee left with Gypsy um, and went to like the suburbs of New Orleans and moved to Slidell. After that, the stepmother's health began to improve. Dee Dee was a little bit on the, the crazy side. I may not feel so yeah. bad from Gypsy Rose now. <laughs> um, so while they were living in Slidell, of course, they lived in public housing. They paid their bills with Rod's child support payments and some public assistance. Um, of course, she started with sending Gypsy to a variety of specialists um, around Tulane and the Children's Hospital of New Orleans, seeking treatment for illnesses that she claimed that Gypsy had, um, which... Here's a list of some that she states that Gypsy had at this time, which included hearing and vision problems. A muscle biopsy found no sign of muscular dystrophy that she insisted Gypsy had. Um, then she was telling doctors that Gypsy was having seizures every few months. They prescribed anti-seizure medication. Several surgeries were even performed on Gypsy during this time. And then she would take her to the emergency room on a very, very regular basis for minor ailments. Um, and of course, you know, they are hitting up with the whole, you know, the Hurricane Katrina devastated the area in 2005. Um, and it left their, you know, left their apartment ruined. They were in sh a shelter in Covington for people that had special needs. Dee Dee said that Gypsy's medical records, including her birth certificate, had been destroyed in the flood. So a doctor there from the Ozarks suggested they relocate to her native Missouri. So that's whenever they moved. Yeah. Y'all, this, this story just gets, it's just, it's just wild. Um, so when they first moved to Missouri, they lived in a rented home in Aurora. And during their time there, Gypsy Rose was honored by the Ole Foundation, which advocates for the rights of feeding tube recipients as its 2007 Child of the Year. In 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a small home with a wheelchair ramp and a hot tub as part of a larger project on the north side of Springfield, Missouri. The story of a single mother with a severely disabled daughter forced to flee Katrina's devastation received considerable local media attention and the community often pitched in to help this woman who now went by Claudinia Blanchard, and whom they knew as Dee Dee. This woman is crazy. She is psycho and full of shit. Well, she's dead now, so she's probably full of dirt and worms, but 
This is fucking crazy. <laughs> um, all right, so the outpouring of support included many charitable contributions. In Louisiana, mother and daughter had most availed themselves of occasional stays in the Ronald McDonald House during medical appointments. In Missouri, they received free flights to see doctors at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, free trips to Walt Disney World, and backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts, which she was frequently photographed with Miranda Lambert via the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So Gypsy's dad was also continuing to make child support payments of $1,200 a month. As well as sending Gypsy Rose. For one kid? Huh? For one kid? $1,200 a month? Yes. He continued making monthly payments of $1,200. He would also send Gypsy gifts and occasionally would talk to her on the phone. During one call on her 18th birthday, he recalls Didi telling him not to mention her daughter's real age since she thinks she's 14. <clears throat> Rod and his second wife hoped to get to Springfield to visit, but for a variety of reasons, Dee Dee always changed the plans. She told her neighbors in Springfield that Gypsy's father was an abusive drug addict and an alcoholic who had never come to terms with his daughter's health issues and never sent them any money. Many people who did meet Gypsy Rose were charmed by her. She was five foot, nearly toothless, large glasses and high childlike voice reinforced the perception that she had all the problems her mother claimed she did. So Dee Dee would regularly shave Gypsy's head to mimic the hairless appearance of a chemotherapy patient, allegedly telling her daughter that since her medication would eventually cause her hair to fall out, it was best to shave it in advance. So Gypsy often wore wigs or hats to cover her baldness. And if they left the house, Dee Dee would take an oxygen tank and a feeding tube with them. Gypsy was fed the children's liquid nutrition supplement, Pediasure, well into her 20s. Before I continue to go on, <laughs> are you mind blown? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I knew about a lot of it. I haven't, I mean, it's been a while since I had, you know, really dug into any of this and stuff. But, you know, um, people say Munchausen is like a mental abuse of sorts. Mm -hmm. But in Gypsy's case, it does lean more towards physical abuse because she's having to go under surgery. She's having to have a feeding tube. She had her teeth pulled. Oh. I mean, like, you know, so it, 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 it was a combination of both, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she's got the mindset of a child. So, you know, that's that's one of the main reasons I'm so conflicted about my opinion of all of it is because she did have the mindset of a child almost because that is how she was raised to be yeah so maybe she couldn't fully comprehend everything it's almost like she had a learning or mental disability she didn't but 
in a sense, she kind of did, you know? Yeah, true, very true. Oh, Lord. That's just my my point on it, like, my outlook on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I understand that. Um, So, Dee Dee used physical abuse to control Gypsy Rose. So, there's the physical abuse. (laughs) She She would always hold her hand in the presence of others. When she said something that suggested she was not genuinely sick or seemed beyond her mental capacity, she recalls that her mother would squeeze her hand very tightly. When the two were alone, Dee Dee would strike her with open hands or a coat hanger. Medical interventions continued. Dee Dee had some of Gypsy Rose saliva glands treated with Botox then extracted all together to control her drooling. Gypsy later claimed her mother induced drooling by using a topical anesthetic to numb her gums before doctor visits. The lack of salivary glands coupled with side effects of an anti-seizure medication she was giving caused her already few teeth to decay to the point that the majority of her front teeth were extracted and replaced with a bridge. Tubes were were implanted in her ears to control her myriad ear infections. Myriad, I don't know how to pronounce that word. Holy shit, this woman was a fucking nutcase. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... There was a pediatric neurologist who saw Gypsy in Springfield, Dr. Thlasterstein. He became suspicious of her muscular dystrophy diagnosis. He ordered some MRIs, some blood tests, and found no abnormalities. And he stated that he did not see any reason why she doesn't walk. And... On a follow-up, well, this was on a follow-up visit after seeing Gypsy stand and support her own weight. So he noted that Dee Dee was not a good historian. And after contacting Gypsy's doctors in New Orleans, he learned that her original muscle biopsy had come back negative, undermining Dee Dee's reported diagnosis of muscular dystrophy, as well as her claim that all her records had been destroyed by flooding. He suspected the possibility of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Dee Dee contrived to gain access to Flasterstein's notes and subsequently stopped taking her to see him altogether. Um, unfortunately, he never followed up by reporting Dee Dee to social services, which... He should have. That would have been, I mean, that's a big red flag to begin with anyway. Um, He said other doctors had told him to treat the pair with golden gloves and doubted the authorities would believe him anyway. So in 2009, an anonymous caller told the police about Dee Dee's use of different names and birth dates for herself and Gypsy and suggested Gypsy was in better health than claimed. Officers who performed the wellness check accepted Dee Dee's explanation that she used the misinformation to make it harder for her abusive ex-husband to find them. Talking about Rod, 
and reported that Gypsy seemed genuinely mentally disabled and the file was closed. And that is what is wrong with our system today. But that's another story. <laughs> Yeah, well, she was tricky, but she was smart too. You know? Yeah, she was she was tricky and she was smart, and it's it's scary how smart she was for her to claim that she was just some small-minded little woman from Louisiana. You know, she was she had been doing that a long time, a long long time. She was definitely a, a con man without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like I said, it started at a young age because her mom even did it to her. Probably not as right. bad, but yeah. Right. And now she makes all Louisiana people look bad. <laughs> um, so Dee Dee seems to have at least one once forged a copy of Gypsy's birth certificate, changing her birth date to nineteen ninety five to bolster claims that she was still a teenager. Gypsy said in a later interview that for fourteen years she was not sure of her real age. Dee Dee would sometimes claim that the original had been destroyed during post-Katrina flooding and that she did keep another copy with Gypsy's real birth date. Gypsy does recall seeing it during one of their hospital visits and becoming confused. Dee Dee told her it was a misprint. Oh, Lord, how mercy. Hmm. This is just. This is wild. Um, <laughs> Gypsy had once attended a science fiction convention in 2001, and sometimes she would go in costume. Since she could bend into their diverse and inclusive communities in a wheelchair, at a 2011 event, she made what may have been an escape attempt that attempted, that ended when her mother found her in a hotel room with a man she met online. And it says, man, again, Dee Dee produced the paperwork, giving her false later birth date and threatened to inform the police. Gypsy recalls that afterwards, Dee Dee smashed her computer with a hammer and threatened to do the same to her fingers if she ever tried to escape again. She also kept Gypsy leashed and handcuffed to her bed for two weeks. And Dee Dee later told her that she had filed paperwork with the police claiming that she was mentally incompetent, leading her to believe that if she attempted to go to the police for help, they would not believe her. Shortly after being freed from the bed, Gypsy had unsuccessfully attempted to escape from the house again by shooting her mother 10 times with a BB gun, which she initially believed was a real gun. And I have never heard that okay. story. Have you? I didn't. I, if I heard it, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't. So, um, sometime around 2012. I don't remember if they shot that in the movie either or in any of the other documentaries. I don't know. You're kind of cutting out a little bit. Am I cutting out or can you hear me okay? Can you, huh? 
So sometime around in 2012, Gypsy, who continued to use the Internet after her mother had gone to bed to avoid her tightened supervision, made contact with Nicholas Gojon. Now, this is a man around her age from Big Ben, Wisconsin, whom she said she had met on a Christian singles website. He, oh, he had a criminal record for indecent exposure, a history of mental illness, and sometimes reported as a dissociative identity disorder. And he also has autism. I didn't know about the autism or the indecent exposure. Did you? <laughs> I, 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 knew, I knew about the autism, I want to say. I, I haven't. I, it, like, I forgot about it. But, <clears throat> yes, I do remember hearing about that. Okay. So, in 2014, Gypsy confided to a 23-year-old neighbor who was unaware that Gypsy was closer to her own age and considered her a big sister that she and Gojon had discussed eloping and even had chosen names for potential children. Gypsy, who had five separate Facebook accounts, and Gojon flirted online. They sometimes exchanged using BDSM elements, which she has since claimed was more what he was interested in. Um, the neighbor tried to talk her out of it, still thinking she was too young and possibly being taken advantage of by a sexual predator. She considered Gypsy plans just as fantasies and dreams and nothing like this would ever really take place. But despite Dee Dee's efforts to prevent her from using the Internet, which went as far as destroying the, you know, D, uh, Gypsy's phone and laptop. She still maintained contact with the neighbor who saved printouts of her post until 2014. So the next year, Gypsy arranged and paid for Gojon to meet her mother in Springfield. Her plan was for him to just casually bump into her while she and Dee Dee were at a movie theater and both of them in costume, and apparently strike up a relationship that way, and then later for her to introduce him to her mother. As soon as they did meet in person for the first time in March of 2015, when Gypsy, along with her mother, went to watch Cinderella, Gojon says that Gypsy led him to the bathroom handicap stall where they both had sex. This is disputed by Gypsy, who stated that the two did not have sex and that Gojon had pulled out his penis, but was unable to get it hard. The two continued their internet interactions and began developing their plan to kill Dee Dee. Oh. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah. So at this well, then. <laughs> I, it kind of makes you go back and forth. You're like, damn, I feel bad for her. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, this is, I don't even know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've been conflicted since day one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, at this point, yeah, her mom did tell her, like, hey, if you go to the police, they're not going to believe you. Um, But you're at this age now, which apparently you thought you were a lot younger. Um, 
or four years younger. But the fact of it is you start planning to unalive your mother, you've and you're basically looking at having sex. You've taught yourself to read, you know, by reading Harry Potter. Your mental capacity, I guess that's what you want to say, is more developed than it is that of a child. Just my opinion. Um, so in June of 2015, Gojon returned to Springfield, arriving while Gypsy and her mother were away at a doctor's appointment. After they had returned home and Dee, Dee had gone to sleep, he went to their home. Gypsy had let him in and allegedly gave him duct tape, gloves, and a knife with the understanding that he would use it to murder Dee. Dee. Gypsy hid in the bathroom and covered her ears. That way she could not have heard or she would not have to hear her mother screaming. He stabbed Dee Dee 17 times in the back while she was asleep. Afterwards, he claims that the two, him and Gypsy, had sex in the bathroom. Oh, I'm sorry. Had sex in Gypsy's room and also she also performed fellatio on him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have nightmares. Yeah. Um, Gypsy alleged that Gojon had raped her and that he and that the sexual activity was non-consensual. She alleges that Gojon told her he would rape her because she did not allow him to rape Dee Dee before the murder, as he had previously fantasized about. Whew, this just gets more and more out there. Now, could that have been a possibility? Possibly, considering he already had a criminal history of indecent exposure. Um, so technically we don't know where his mind is. It, it is a he said, she said kind of, kind of thing there. Yeah. Um, Gypsy stated that she had called out for help from her deceased mother during the rape. They then took 4000 in cash that Dee Dee had been keeping in the house, mostly from Rod's child support checks. They fled to a motel outside of Springfield, where they stayed a few days while planning their next move. But during that time, they were seen on security cameras at several stores. Gypsy said that Gypsy said at that point she believed the two had gotten away with their crime. So you get him to come over, unalive your mom, and then say he raped you. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Um. And I'm just going to, no, I'm not. Okay, so. They mailed their murder weapon back to Gojon's home in Wisconsin to avoid being caught with it. You know, because I guess they didn't know that mail kind of runs through conveyor belts and sometimes in x-ray machines, especially weapons. Um, then they took a bus <coughs> to Wisconsin. Excuse me. <clears throat> Oh, my Jesus. This is crazy. After seeing concerning Facebook statuses posted from Dee Dee's account, the Blanchard's friends suspected something was, was wrong. 
When phone calls went unanswered, several friends and neighbors went to the house. While they knew that the two often left on medical trips unannounced, they saw Dee Dee's modified car still in the driveway, making it very unlikely that they had left to gone to go anywhere. Um, of course, there was protective film on the windows, so it made it hard to see inside. No one answered the door, so they called 911. When the police arrived, they had to wait for a search warrant to be issued before they could enter. Why would they have to wait for a search warrant if it's a wellness check? Do they have to do that? I guess maybe it's, I don't know. Uh, maybe in different states. Maybe in different states. Whew. Anyway, they had to wait for a search warrant before they could enter, but they, um, but they allowed one of the neighbors that were there to climb through a window where he saw that the inside of the house was largely undisturbed and that Gypsy's wheelchair was still there. When the warrant was issued, police entered the house and found Didi's body. Of course, a GoFundMe account was then set up to pay for her funeral expenses and possibly Gypsy Roses because they didn't know where she was. Um, all they knew... All who knew them feared the worst. Even if Gypsy had not been harmed, they believed she would be helpless without her wheelchair, her medications, and her support equipment like the oxygen tank and feeding tube. Because, of course, that's all they've known for her entire life and the time that they've been there is this poor girl is without this, you know, very yeah. necessary medical equipment. Um so the neighbor who was, you know, had that gypsy had befriended was among one of those that gathered on the lawn of the of their home, um, told police that she knew about Gypsy and her secret boyfriend. She showed them printouts she had saved, which included his name. So based on that information, police asked Facebook to tra trace the IP address from which the post to Didi's accounts had been made. And where did it come back to? Wisconsin. The next day, the police agencies raided the Gojohn's home in Big Bend, and Gojohn and Gypsy surrendered and were taken into custody on charges of murder and felony armed criminal action. Um, the news about Gypsy was the news about her being found safe was also was greeted with relief in Springfield where she and Gojohn were soon extradited and held on a $1 million bond. But in announcing the news, the sheriff there warned that things are not always what they seem to appear. The media in Springfield soon reported the truth of the Blanchard's lives, that she had never been sick and had always been able to walk, but her mother had made her pretend otherwise. Now, did her mother make her pretend or did she honestly believe she just couldn't walk for the long right. time? I know that she did figure out later that she could walk, but whew. Um, so the sheriff urged people not to donate money to the family until the investigators learned the extent of the fraud. So I'm sure everybody knows what that extent of the fraud is now because I pretty much laid it all out there. Yeah. <laughs> so 
After the disclosure of how Dee Dee had treated Gypsy, sympathy for her as the victim of a violent murder rapidly shifted to her daughter as a long-term victim of child abuse. While the charge of first-degree murder can carry the death penalty under Missouri law or life without parole, the county prosecutor announced he would not seek it for either Gypsy or Gojon, calling the case extraordinary and unusual. After her attorney obtained her medical records from Louisiana, he secured a plea bargain to second-degree murder for Gypsy Rose. She was so undernourished up to this point during the years she was in the county jail, her attorney told BuzzFeed that she had gained 14 pounds in contrast to most of his clients who typically lose weight in that situation. So in July of 2016, she accepted the plea bargain and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. <coughs> Excuse me. Of course, he, Gojon, still faced the more severe charge because prosecutors contended that he initiated the murder plot. And he and Gypsy agreed that he was the one who killed Dee Dee. He was also more severely prosecuted due to different personal circumstances. Now, see, I didn't know this information. He was given less sympathy and understanding due to a lack of involvement in the abuse. Gypsy's plea bargain agreement did not require her to testify against him. In January of 2017, his trial was postponed when prosecutors requested a second psychiatric exam and his attorneys contend that he has an intelligent quotient of 82 and is on the autism spectrum, suggesting that he has diminished capacity. And he initially waived his right to a trial by jury, but changed his mind in June of that year. I have seen some of his interviews that they've done with him, and you can tell he is, he is not all there. He is not. So <clears throat> that does give me a different right. perspective on it now as to why he was given a, a, a much more severe sentence because he was not aware of the situation as Gypsy was. Um, and of course, her getting a lighter sentence because, I mean, they are looking at this as this was a, a, a severe case of child abuse, basically. Um, in the mental capacity, I'm not going to say mental capacity of a child, but of someone much younger than what she already was and being malnourished. Um, in December of 2017, the judge set Gojohn's trial for November of 2018. In their opening statement, prosecutors alleged that Gojohn had deliberate, deliberated for over a year before the crime, while his lawyers pointed to his autism and said that Gypsy had formulated the crime and their love-struck client had just done as she had asked. The next day, the prosecutors showed jurors the text messages, sometimes sexually explicit, that Gypsy and Gojon shared in the week before the murder, often using various personas, as well as a knife he had used to commit the murder. In some of the texts, he asked her for details about Dee Dee's room and sleeping habits. These were supplemented by video of his interview with police after his arrest where he admitted killing her. It's a little creepy. 
I mean, okay, you're on the autism yeah. spectrum, but a, a lot of people, a lot of autistic people are very, very intelligent. Um, as I said, I have seen some of his interviews, and I'm not going to say that he was the most intelligent person. Um But maybe he really is and just played dumb. I don't know. Um, so Gypsy testified on the trial's third day. And she said that while she had indeed suggested to go John that he killed Dee Dee to end her mother's abuse. She had also considered getting pre oh, getting pregnant by him in the hope that once she was carrying his child, Dee Dee would have to accept him. Along with the knife that she gave to go John. She stole baby clothes from Walmart during a shopping trip so she could go ahead with either plan. However, she said Gojon never told her what he thought about the pregnancy plan. Whew. That was a whole 360. Yeah. After four days, the case was sent to the jury. Jurors, jurors had the option of finding him guilty of one of three murder charges which included involuntary manslaughter, second degree, or first degree murder, or not guilty. After approximately two hours of deliberation, they returned with the verdict guilty of first degree murder and armed criminal action. In February of 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison for the murder conviction, the only possible option since prosecutors had declined to seek death penalty. Gojon asked the judge for leniency on the armed criminal action charge. Oh, I'm going to jail for first-degree murder, but, hey, can you be lenient on this? Yeah. Um, which carries a <laughs> minimum. It carries a minimum sentence of only three years, saying that he had fallen blindly in love with Gypsy Rose, and he rece received a sentence of 25 years on that charge, which is concurrent with his life sentence. So Jones, which is the judge, also denied a motion by Gojon's attorney for a new trial. Perry, which is the attorney, argued that the jury should not have been allowed to hear that Gojon had considered raping Dee Dee on the night of the murder and also argued that the state's psychologist should not have been allowed to testify. While Gojon's psychologist should have to establish that he had diminished capacity. In denying the motion, the attorney, I'm, I'm sorry, the judge conceded that an appeals court could find the latter point significant and consider it a reversible error. So, of course, Dee Dee's family in Louisiana, who had confronted her about her treatment of Gypsy years before, they didn't mourn her. Her father, her stepmother, and her nephew, who first shared details of Gypsy's actual health when she first started using a wheelchair, all later said that Dee Dee deserved her fate and Gypsy had been punished as much as she needed to be. None of them would pay for her funeral, and her father and her stepmother flushed her ashes down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought I remembered. You're cutting out. I didn't hear what you said. 
<clears throat> Are you there? That's what I thought I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. So Rod, Gypsy yeah. Rod, of course, he's more forgiving. He said, I think Dee Dee's problem was she started a web of lies, a web of lies, and there was no escaping after that. It was like a tornado got started. Um, he was happy the first time he saw a video of Gypsy walking under her own power. So Gypsy served her sentence in Missouri's Chillicothe Correctional Center. I probably said that wrong. And did not talk. <coughs> Excuse me. And did not talk to the media until after she had made her plea. <clears throat> when she did, she told BuzzFeed reporter she had been able to research Munchausen syndrome by proxy, known as a factitious disorder imposed on another. She searched it on prison computers and her mother had every symptom. I think she would have been the perfect mom for someone that actually was sick, she said. She had believed Dee Dee's claim that she had cancer, even though she knew she could walk and eat solid food, leading her to assent to the regular head shavings. But she also hoped that doctors would see through the ruse, and she was frustrated that none besides that one doctor did. And he didn't even manage to call CPS. So that's pretty much it on Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Of course, they do have some um, shows now on that that, you know, people can look into and watch and see. Um, maybe it gives a larger perspective for people to do you feel bad for her? Do you not feel bad for her? Did she get what she deserved? You know, did she do her time? Should she have even done time? Or what? Um, so, yeah. It's awful all the way around. <clears throat> it is. But, again, I mean, I think she kind of knew what she was. Like, she's, she said she didn't identify as a murderer. Um, yeah. I don't think I would want to call her a victim. Even though she was at one time, but she's now considers a survivor, more or less, um, because things could have gone. They probably could have gone a lot worse. Honestly, I mean, what if what if she didn't unalive her mom? Where would she be right now? Would she have been severely malnourished to the point like she ended up dying or committing suicide? I don't know. But. I think that since she's been out, maybe she should have laid low a little while first before doing all these interviews and everything that she's doing. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, there's a lot of people that are um, obsessed with her right now. Oh, yeah. And even clickbait, they made it seem like she and her husband are just just welcomed a baby and it wasn't it was a puppy like they're they're even getting all excited getting all people all excited about the fact they just got a puppy like 
it's just, um, I understand the fascination. I understand the need for her to use her voice and tell her story, but it's gotten to the point now where it's just, it's a circus almost, you know, to me, that's just the way I feel about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I feel the same way. Um, yeah, she, she deserves to have her voice heard. Like, Hey, this is, this is what happened. Cause not everybody knew the entire thing that was going on. I mean, of course, you know, other than whenever she was doing her old trial thing and shit like that. But again, you're like newly released from prison. You got married. I guess, I guess they got married while she was in jail. Um, but give it time. Don't come out swinging that quick. You know, I would, I personally, I would have been like, look, let me settle down some. I just got my ass out of prison after being in here for eight years. Let me find myself. Let me, you know, let me be for a little while. And then, you know, I don't know. Well, I hope, I hope she does well with life. I hope that, you know, it's, I hope that she is genuinely a good person. I want 100% to believe that she is and that we won't see her name in the news for anything other than people just kind of getting updates on how she's doing. Yeah. Uh, That's that's my hope. There's a lot of people that feel very strongly that she's not done yet. I think that it's been made very clear by several people that really think we're just waiting to see who's next, you know, and then – I just, I don't know. I just, I'm still, like I said, from the beginning, I've been conflicted about this since 2015. I just cannot form a true opinion on how I actually feel about it. Cause I go back and forth so much. It's just so it is, it's exactly the way that the judge said it. It was like, this is just a, just fascinating. Like it's just unfathomable, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I know a lot of people are upset at the fact, you know, not not her supporters, that people are against her because, like, why did she serve eight years? She got out, but the Menendez brothers are still, they're still in prison serving a life sentence. Maybe that's something that we need to look into and maybe do well. that. Yeah, I, I think I do think we need to talk about them at a certain point, but uh, I'm just as conflicted about them. And I've followed everything that that has started with them from the beginning. And the series, the Dahmer series that they had, season two is going to be about the Menendez brothers. So, um, yeah, I just I don't know if it's because of the states that they're in or the different laws or or whatever but that's i'm conflicted about the menendez brothers too yeah so but yeah like i said there's a lot of people uh, that it's the haters i guess that are upset she's out they're not they're still in there but you know we'll we'll have to hit on that one eventually and and go from there and see so, yeah, I just I think that 
our episode name for this one, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. I think that's a very fitting topic or title for this episode. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yep. Well, so that's going to wrap it up on Gypsy Rose Blanchard or Gypsy Rose Blanchard Anderson now that she's married. Um, look for look for more information if you know if anybody wants to and more into her story um more into the the munchausen is it munchausen yes. <coughs> syndrome or um disease and stuff like that to kind of get a more whatever more overview of everything it's about um Form your own opinion of what you think. Um, like I said, we we did post in our Facebook group um, of people's opinions on what they thought on her. Feel free to go check it out, comment. Um, let us know. If you don't already, follow us on our Facebook group, Two Moms and the F-Bomb. Please go and join, answer the questions on there. Um, you can listen to our podcast on Podbean, on Apple, Spotify, a whole other list of platforms. <laughs> We're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we everywhere. We everywhere. Um, but in the meantime, that is it for today's episode with Two Moms and the F-Bomb. So thank you all for listening. If you have questions, like I said, please feel free to Hop on over to our Facebook group, um, comment, send us a message, tell us what you think. And also I want to say, don't forget that we still have our raffle going for Lamar Animal Rescue, $5 a ticket or five tickets for $20. Drawing is February, uh, February 9th, right? Yes. So... It's going to be a great basket, y'all. Come on, help these animals out. We have almost reached our first goal of 200, and we were really hoping that we could, like, cross that one off and start a new one and get it off there and get some money raised. But we've done good. Not going to lie. Um, I'm happy where we're at so far. I want to do more for them. So get with me or Natalie. You know, if you want tickets, however, we take all kinds of money um we'll just take it all whatever (laughs) (laughs) all for a good cause yes definitely so and also if you purchase a ticket for the raffle you also get entered in for our mardi gras basket (coughs) so that's just this cool